Yeah. 
praise tonight. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. It's so good to see you here. You look great tonight. You look great. Um, we're so glad to have you at North with us celebrating this season. You know, the Christmas season, it's just such a special time. You know, we look forward to it all year. We think about the presents that we're gonna get. We think about our traditions and our memories. And so many of us, we think back to our childhood. We think back to our families and what we did and um, all the traditions we had set in place. And there's nothing sweeter than Christmas. But I know for a lot of us, Christmas can bring back a lot of tough memories. They may, may bring back childhood memories that you would rather forget. Or maybe around Christmas, something in your life happened that changed your life forever. So no, coming into this season can look different for everybody. But I was thinking about this story. You know, we've all heard it of Mary and how she became pregnant with Jesus and she gave birth to him and he was the savior of the world. And you know, we hear that story so often. I think sometimes we forget how crazy it really is. It sounds so normal to us. We're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Of course it happened. But if that were to happen today, it, we probably wouldn't even believe it. It's so, you know, supernatural. And you know, I was thinking about um, Luke chapter two in verse nine. It talks about when the angels came to visit the shepherds. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone round about them. And I was thinking about that word suddenly. You know, the shepherds, they were living their normal lives, just like us. They're doing their job, they're doing their work. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and their lives, they, they were changed forever. You know, Mary, she was going about her normal life. She was just a normal girl. And suddenly an angel appeared to her and her life was changed. And then I think about Jesus, you know, all throughout the Bible, his people were waiting for this King, this Messiah. They were praying and they were believing and they were waiting for hundreds of years. And then one night, one holy night, Jesus was born and the world, it, it was never the same. I know for so many of us in here, we're waiting and we're praying and we're believing for so many things in our lives. And we're looking at the Lord and we're saying, when Lord, when is this gonna happen? When are you gonna come through? And I just wanna remind you tonight that we serve a God of suddenlies, that at just a moment, in one night, the whole world can change that in just a moment, the Lord can touch your heart and your family and your life. And so tonight we sing these songs and these carols and we worship the Lord, not with, a not with an earthly perspective, but with a heavenly perspective, knowing that the same God who sent his son, that holy night for us is the same God that's with us tonight. And he's the same God that can meet us in just a moment and he can change our lives forever. And that truly is the hope and the gift of Christmas, that Jesus came down to this earth, became one of us so that he could save us. And we're so thankful tonight. We're gonna continue worshiping. We're gonna continue lifting up the name of Jesus tonight with that perspective of who he is and what he's done for us. The stars are brightly shining. 
just take a moment and do that? Would you just proclaim the glory and the power of God? Let's take a moment to speak a word of worship and praise to our King. Sing a new song to Him. We sing. together, lift our praise together. We lift it to the one who is worthy, our Lord, our Savior, our King Jesus, the one who left all of your rights and privileges in heaven and came to this earth to live like us, to substitute for us, to pay the price for us and to rise to new life so that we could be alive forevermore. We bless your name tonight. We thank you that you were willing to come as a lowly, humble baby, that you, O oh Lord, were humbled so that through your righteousness we might be lifted up. We thank you for that. And tonight, we give you praise and honor and glory befitting of a king. We celebrate. We hail the name of Jesus tonight because you're worthy. Amen and amen. Come on, can you lift your praise to King Jesus tonight? He's worthy, amen? Amen. Amen. 
what a, what a sweet spirit of the Lord's in this place right now. As Pastor Savannah said, you look really good tonight. So I want you to take the next couple of moments, find three folks and say, you're looking good on Christmas Eve before you see it. All right. Well, welcome to Mount Perrin North. Glad you've chosen to worship with us on our Christmas Eve service. In a few moments, we're going to um, have this collective lighting of candles. It's going to be a beautiful moment. Um, you should have received a candle when you came in. If you didn't, I'm going to go ahead and see if we can start taking care of that right now. If you didn't get a candle when you came in, just raise your hand really high, and one of our hosts will get that to you. Keep it up for just a moment. Um, and in just a few moments, we're going to take those and celebrate together. We've been in a series all month long about there is a king looking at that Jesus is the king of all kings. He's a different kind of king. And the kingdom that he brings is a different kind of kingdom. Tonight, I want to focus on a promise about his kingdom, an announcement about this promise that the promise has come and the dichotomy of the fact that sometimes we don't see what God has promised and what God has said he's already given to us. As Savannah said earlier, as the angels appeared to the shepherds, they announced that a Savior had been born. It was Christ the Lord. But a few verses later, it tells us as they celebrate um, that moment, it tells us in verses 13 and 14 of Luke chapter 2, that suddenly the same angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. The angel has announced that God's peace is now available on earth. What they're announcing is a fulfillment of something that happened hundreds of years prior to this. God announced to his people, to us, that he was going to send a savior, a king, a messiah. And he did it through his prophet Isaiah. And he said, when he comes, he's going to be a different kind of king. And the kingdom that he brings is going to be a different kind of kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And notice verse 7. Of the greatness of his government, his rule, his reign, his kingdom, and peace, there will be no end. The strangeness of that prediction, that prophecy, and the announcement that has been fulfilled through Jesus is we have to come to terms with the fact that never in the history of mankind has there been more doctor visits and prescriptions for anxiety than now. Never in the history of mankind have there been more wars and skirmishes on the earth than right now. We are divided over everything. We are divided over politics, religion, race, gender. We, you name it, we're divided over everything. So how is it that we live in this division, that we live in this strife, that we live in this world that's filled with anxiety, and yet what was promised to us and what was announced to us is that peace is not only available, peace has come. It's because we don't understand what biblical peace is. 
We think peace is the absence of problems. We think peace is where there are no circumstances that are bringing us down. There are no problems that are facing us. We think that's peace. And that's not at all what biblical peace is. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, which uh, the, in Hebrew it was written in, and Jesus, the New Testament is written in Greek, but Jesus spoke Hebrew and Aramaic. The term for peace is shalom. Shalom doesn't mean the absence of problems. It means that there is a wholeness, a perfecting, a completion of things in my life that are missing. What it means is it's God. The picture is God taking all things that have gone wrong and bringing them back to their original intent. It's God taking the distortion of sin in my life and removing it so that it is restored back to the way that God originally designed for you and me. That kind of peace is God saying, I know that circumstances are going wrong. I know that sin has distorted it. But what I'm sending to you is the ability and the, and the availability for all things to be made right with me again. And you can live in peace. So peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the fulfillment of God making all things right to us, those of us who will subject ourselves to the lordship and leadership of the king of peace who brings in the government, the reign, the sovereignty, the kingdom of peace. And God makes these promises to us. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes a couple of promises to us that if we subject our lives to his lordship, that peace would come into our lives. But in order to have that, there are certain things that we have to do and allow in our lives. The first thing is this. If there's a kingdom of peace, there has to be a king of peace. And there has to be the presence of the king in your life. On the night before he is going to be crucified for our sins, Three days before he's going to rise from the dead, Jesus is meeting with his disciples and speaking to us as well, all who will come after that. And in John chapter 14, here's what he says. I'm leaving you with a gift. And here's the gift, he said. It's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So he said, I'm going to give you a gift. As I go away and prepare eternity for you, I'm giving you a gift. And that gift is peace of mind and heart. So he says, I'm giving it to you. It's available to you. This is the problem, is that peace is not attainable by our own efforts, though we continually try. Over and over again, we will try our best to bring bring ourselves to a place of peaceful circumstances. Think about this. How many times have you gone to a mountain resort or a cabin, or how many times have you gone to a beach house thinking, I just need a little R&R and a little peace, right? But peace isn't found in that place. How many times have you gone for that R&R looking for peace and you find yourself thinking constantly about everything that you were going to face when you get back? It can't be a place. Through our own efforts, It can't be through meditation. It can't be through peaceful music. It can't be through nice walks of serenity in nature. It can't be through all of those things because you can go do those things and come back and still have the same anxiety in your life. Peace is available. What the angels announced 
was that glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those with whom God is pleased. Who is God pleased with? Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. Jesus says he's leaving a gift of peace, peace of mind and peace of heart. And that gift is available through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life every single day. But you have to know the King of Peace and have to be a part of his kingdom. Jesus has to be Lord of your life if you're going to have that kind of peace. The second thing that we talks about, the Bible tells us, is that there is an asking of the king. You have to pray to the king. Now, why is that important? Here's what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound nice? The peace of God transcending everything else and guarding my heart and my mind where outside circumstances don't have authority over it? Doesn't that sound nice? Have you ever wondered this? God created you, knows everything about you. He knows all the good stuff. He knows all the flaws. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that you need before you even know you need it. And yet he tells us he wants us to ask him. Why in the world would God want us to ask him for something that he already knows that we need? It's not for his benefit. It's for ours. Think of it this way. If, if this is my need, if this is what I'm carrying around all the time, this represents a need in my life, and I'm just carrying this around. It's continually weighing me down over and over again. God doesn't need me to give it to him so that he can feel better about it. God doesn't need me to give it to him so he can feel good about himself. I need to give it to him because the weight that I'm carrying is a weight that I'm not built to carry. If there's something in my life that I can change, I should change it. If there's something that's out of my control, something that I have to pray about and ask God about to have control over, then if it's out of my control, it should be out of my hands and placed in his hands. And this is what he invites us to do. Take that thing that is weighing you down constantly and give it to him and then walk away and let him have it. That's why the scripture says, cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. But if we're going to be really gut-level honest with ourselves... Here's what we're guilty of. Oh, God, I give it to you. Thanks, and we'll take that back for a little while. We, we give it to him, and then we try to work it out ourselves. We give it to him, and then we continually worry about that. He says, pray. Ask with thanksgiving. Ask and believe. And then peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You pray not because God needs you to pray. You pray because you need to give it to God and know his peace in your life. And Jesus finally tells us that there is the promises that are made by the king that brings peace in our lives. Think about this. The amount of promises that God made about Jesus is unbelievable. There are over 300 prophecies about Jesus about Messiah in the Old Testament. 
Jesus fulfills them. If someone is faithful in the past, the predictor is they'll be faithful in the future. And it's not just faithful. God told us what he was going to do before he ever did it. And then he did it so that we'll know everything he's promised us will be done. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, after describing all the things that are going to happen to him, to his disciples, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. I told you everything that's going to happen so that when it happens, you'll know that I'm in control. So that when your world feels out of control, when you have trouble, you'll know that I've already overcome the world. If God made a promise long ago that he was going to send us a savior and he sent us Jesus, if he made a promise that he was going to give us forgiveness of sin and eternal life and he did that through Jesus, then when he tells us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, we can count on it that he won't. When he tells us that he's preparing for us an eternity with him and he's coming back to get us one day, we can count on that. When he tells us that death doesn't have the final say on us anymore, but we're in his hands, we can count on it. And why is that important at Christmas? Because in theological terms, what happened on Christmas Day is called the incarnation. It's where God clothed himself in human flesh, became a baby so that he could live a life that you were incapable of living and pay a price that you could not pay to give you new love that you do not deserve. The incarnation is the God of heaven and earth who spoke this world into existence, who created the very air that you breathed, chose to be born as a baby and become dependent upon the very air that he created himself in order that you might breathe new life. And when God breathed life in the baby Jesus, he breathed life into every promise and hope that he's ever made for you. In the Old Testament, the prophet said that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Individually and collectively. That in your darkest circumstances, when the light of Christ comes, the kingdom of peace enters into your life. Individually and collectively. That we are a people of the kingdom of God and we live differently. We live with hope, we live with expectancy, and we live with faith. In a few moments when we light candles together, I want you to imagine this. Look, I, I hope, I hope 2022 was your greatest year ever. And I hope 2023 gets even better for you. But for some of you, it's been a difficult year. And whatever darkness you feel like you're walking through, as you light that candle tonight,
I want you to receive the kingdom, not just of light, but the kingdom of peace and let it wash over you knowing that the baby born in a manger, death could not hold him. He's risen from the dead and he's coming again. And that every promise that he's made you will happen. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. Go ahead and grab your candles. And as you prepare your candles, I want you to bow your heads and let's prepare our hearts to by faith receive the peace that he offers to each of us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person that's in the room and watching online, I pray that they have already yielded their hearts and their lives to you. But if they haven't, this is their moment, this is their time. I ask, Lord, that they would just surrender to your lordship so that they can receive what you have for them, the peace that you offer. Lord, I pray that as we light our candles and light the candle of the person next to us, I pray that peace would overwhelm our circumstances, but I also pray that that peace that is coming into our lives, Lord, would not only envelop us, but envelop the people around us because it's not only individually, it is collectively. And as this room lights up, in beauty and in worship and in song and in faith, I ask that you breathe your peace into every heart, guarding it in Christ's name. And by faith, we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.
together. Sing that first verse again. Silent night, holy night. We sing. Lord, by faith, we receive your peace tonight. Peace not as the world gives, but the peace that you offer to us. Thank you, Jesus, you were willing to come to establish a kingdom of peace and righteousness and love and joy and power and authority. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us to be a part of that. Tonight, we celebrate that. And we celebrate the king that is above all other kings, King Jesus. And Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise for this night, for Christmas Day, and for all that followed according to your holy plan. Amen and amen. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you to extinguish the flame and blow out the candle. But as you do that, I want you by faith, as you blow on that candle, I want you to receive his peace into your heart, whatever your circumstances is. Can you do that right now? Go ahead and blow on the candle. I pray that this is the greatest Christmas you've ever had. I hope it is fantastic. And um, I hope that you have such a joyous time. And I pray that the peace that God gives you leads to such joy in your life. Before you leave, I want to just have the privilege to bless you one last time here in 2022. Uh, and it's a blessing from Numbers chapter 6 that simply says, when you put this blessing, you put the name of God on his people when they leave. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you what? Peace. Let's give our response. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you folks. Merry Christmas. Have a great one. <laughs>